You are now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I am your host, Ahmad. Here are my co-host, Steve, and together we make The Last Men Potting. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? How are you doing out there loving and leveling up? I might have to come out there uh, hanging out the passenger side of my best friend's ride and try to holler at you, some of you ladies. I have to go out there and be full-time scrub out there, but I see you out there riding big. Yeah, you know, in the words of Wiz Khalifa, that's just uh, hard work and what you could get from it. It's nothing. I already know my plan. My plan is to um, work hard and, and, and pit my Saturn. So you can have all that hard work in which you get on me. Yeah, I, like, you can pit the Saturn if you want to, nigga. Yeah, I'm going to put the stars in the Saturn. That That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, actually, actually, that would make the car special because it would be like, yo, that, nobody has a Saturn with the stars in the roof. That's player shit. It's like, y'all niggas riding that. Maybacks and all that shit. Yeah. We riding Saturns, nigga. Yeah, put Forgiatos on the Saturn. Her Forgiatos are shit tires, though. But I don't know why. Like Gibbs must have a. Uh, he always talk about Forgiatos. Man, most of the shit these rap niggas <laughs> like. Like rap niggas don't have good taste. They just rap about expensive shit because it's expensive. Because half the shit like that they rap about. Like when I see it in the store, I'm like, oh shit, I I know that from the uh from the rap song. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Like, sure. like, Westside Gun was rapping about London. Fuck, I seen London Fog and Marshalls. I was like, so I was like, y'all niggas just be talking. They just be trying to make shit rhyme. I think we established that when we talked about coon bars. Like these niggas just be trying to make shit rhyme. They, right. they don't know what they're doing. Right. I, I, I gotta get some new clothes. I gotta get up in Marshalls, so that might be a good deal. What you call it? The uh, frog skip clothing line, whatever. The frog skip. What did you, what, uh, I, I didn't the, say oh, a damn thing about a frog. What did he call it? London Some... Fog. Whatever. Who gives a shit? It, it sounds stupid either way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I listen to I listen to our audio a lot, and you all, like <laughs> like you always crack me up because it's like I'll say somebody's name or I'll say exactly what something is, and then a second later you be like, yeah, whatever the fuck that shit is, or whatever the fuck their name. Like, why don't you have any respect? <laughs> The funny part is you always edit it out too. Like, no, I'm about to start leaving it in so the people like know yeah. who you are. Because I'm like, I'm like, yo, what's I'm something wrong with this nigga? I listen to the playback. I'm like, yo, I definitely said something bad about that person there. Like, why did he edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, leave all of the toxic shit. In. Yeah, like, yeah. So like I said, we need more stories for the podcast. I need another Cordell story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so you just go keep disrespecting people's name till you get checked. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, he pulls it's like, yo, you the podcast nigga. You gonna see me get beat up like Charlemagne on YouTube? Wow. Remember Charlemagne got his ass whooped? That's wild. No, nah, he <laughs> actually ducked that fade because n- niggas oh, swung yeah. and like he got out the way. Like that nigga had cat like reflexes. Like, well, I remember uh Fragile Star would whoop his ass. Frank, man, that's that that's that telephone tough guy shit. All that yeah. get loud and bark for the camera. He not doing shit. That nigga was just trying to go viral. That's like <clears throat> That's like when Beanie Siegel was up there yeah, saying like, say oh, yeah, I, I guess I should just lead in. And he's like, yeah, all right, nigga, leave. Nigga sat yeah. down because he's like, I need I need the attention from being on your platform. Nick, yeah. Like I said, these rap niggas is full of shit. They're all, they're me, all full of shit. Show me about be hard body. Like, give that man credit. Like, he might be a thug. I mean, I read his first book. There's there's some yeah. thugging stories in there. Yeah, he not flinch with bees. He's like, yeah, I guess I should leave. I'm like, all right, nigga, that's out. one lung beans. I wouldn't flinch, <laughs> like, cause like he asked him, he's like, in your current physical condition, can you? He's like, ah, oh, fuck some. 
How do you barely get the sentence out? <laughs> well, Meek said God took his voice because he was using it wrong. And so <laughs> yeah, Meek said- yeah, yeah, Meek was like, you know, he's using his voice wrong. God usually don't take nobody's voice, so you know yeah. he was using it wrong. You you know Meek was upset. You say some shit like that. That's just yeah. But I'm like, wh- where is that energy on wax? <laughs> nah. Like the the nigga, I, I I don't know I don't know what's up with me because like recently, and I didn't even intend for this to be a topic, but yeah. recently uh, I've been listening to um, Knowledge. Uh, people might know Knowledge as a producer who's worked with Anderson Pack a lot. Um, he remixed a whole bunch of like old Meek freestyles and like put them over his beats and like took the shit from YouTube, remixed it and like made it into like these dope mixtapes. Um, the one I've been listening to is like Meek Volume Five, and it's like all the shit from like YouTube when I was in like ninth, tenth grade, just like watching freestyles on YouTube. He didn't made them shits into dope songs, and it makes yeah. me sad because I'm like, damn, like Meek could have had a halfway decent discography if he just rap over Jalil beats all of the time. Uh, Meek should have never cut his hair. You read the Bible when Samson cut his hair, he was the the strength of an average man. Like like that that's like Meek got to go grow grow the dreads back again. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out hair because there was a point where Jada grew hair and for a couple years, his bars was mediocre. I was like, I was like, Jada kiss is Samson in reverse. So, so like, I think like the hair thing, it's like what you started at. You got to keep that. Like if you a bald nigga, stay bald. If you got hair, keep the hair. And like, if it falls out, you got to let it fall out naturally. You can't just be shaving that shit and do whatever the fuck you want to do. Is that a piece though? Like, because you need those I was wondering that, uh, Rose, do you have a piece? Like, y'all niggas got to stop with the hair piece. I think it doesn't work if it's a fake hair. <laughs> I, I, well, see, with TV niggas like Jalen Rose and shit like yeah. that, like, I, like, I always think their hair, like, implanted or some shit because I'm like, this shit is straight. 24 7 you well, never have a woofing day or any of that and i don't know whose hairline could stand up to that many shape-ups so like i'm starting to think niggas <laughs> got implants but you know because jay rose never had it in between either like he just went from like the uh like the fresh cut joint to like the nappy top joint like he didn't have no in between joint like you said <laughs> <laughs> it's never that's, like yo, that's wild. It's like yo, like this this nigga really didn't grow. It just was long. Yeah, yeah it just like one day it was just like the the nappy top jaw with the feet. Like you said, like he never. It, it's like a new age like Steve Harvey hair piece. I think like Jalen Rose got. Jalen, let us know. Stop, Steve stop Harvey didn't get enough credit for that yeah. hair piece because that shit was <laughs> pristine. Yeah, every like, episode. He, nobody ever had a hair piece that clean. No. Um and then and then he just hit us with the baldy and shit. So like, is he bald the whole time? I don't know, but he definitely looked like a tater tot with a mustache with that damn bald. <laughs> <laughs> tater tot with a mustache. It's like a whole but tater tot. It, it, like while, while we're on the subject of hair, I saw this this video. This chick was on a podcast and her wig fell off. I saw that mid interview. Yeah. Um, I just saw that. What are your thoughts on that? Because like. Like, I'm not a weave wig type of guy. I prefer, you know, my, my black women to be natural. And I, I don't know how I would react if, like, I'm sitting at dinner or some shit with a chick and her wig just falls off. I think I would just leave. Yeah, because that's you're just a slob at that point. Like, you can't be a, a female and not have it intact. Like, it, it's it's unfortunate 
And like, you know, it, it's judgmental to say that, but it's just like, you know, damn, like what you couldn't even stitch the shit in right. Like I like it's like I know that everything else has to be off point. Like I know that there's gonna be certain smells when we get to an intimate space, like that's I'm not gonna enjoy. Like there's gonna be certain things that are bigger probably. So yeah, you probably gotta cut that off. Like if you can't figure out the weave hair combination, like you probably just gotta start over with another guy. Is is thanks? Just start over. <laughs> just start. It's just like, look, you know, ma'am, <laughs> you gotta have it together. You gotta have it right. That that's insane. That's just bad. In, in fairness to what I'm saying, if I come out the crib with a hole in my shirt and like some dishes, what what the female gonna be like? Hell, nigga, you dusty. Like like go back in the crib and change. So it's like you know there has to be some level of standard, like at least the the base standard of what it is like you can't just be walking out and you're selling ain't properly <laughs> but like wally had a whole song about lace front like go listen to wally tell you he'll get you <laughs> wally will get you right he'll, he'll get you right <laughs> yeah wally will get you right Let, let's get into the topics for this week where, where do you want to start steve you know it's crazy i got i got a promotion this week and it's like the the whole thing of of corporate it just makes my stomach hurt like, I, I, you have to listen to these guys, right? Because you got to take, I got to take this class for this job. So I'm sitting there listening to this guy tell this bullshit story about, like, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was working so hard. I I, could, I didn't cash my check for the first uh, four weeks. It's like, hey, boss, can I take a lunch break to cash my check? Like, do you sit here bragging about this dumb shit? Like, you don't give me the information so I can pass this class and get the fuck away from you? It's, it's just the aspect of, like, how they try to, how they really pimp people. It's funny because this, this is the black guy instructor. I'm like, man, you really drinking this Kool-Aid, huh? <laughs> like, you really comfortable with this shit right here. But, you know, I, go ahead. Well, well, yeah, I think uh, corporations now like have this cult mentality, but they try to say that it's uh, team team building or family building or community build all of this other shit where they really just want you there drinking the kool-aid and it's like if we can get more and more people to drink the kool-aid think that you know the corporation is here for the sake of the employees instead of for the sake of the shareholders we'll get you people to buy in and we'll get way more you know work out of you than is warranted for weighing you like it's it's a cold game like it it reminds me of pippin to a degree because yeah, no, no matter what, it's, there's a certain, I mean, there's certain corporations where you work your way up to the CEO, but for the most part, like you, most people, if they work hard, they just get stuck in upper middle management. Yeah, at, at, at best, that's what most people at have best. to shoot for. And then um, you have to learn, you have to learn the political game, who's asked to kiss, who, you know, like when to work hard and not to, and just the, the aspect of it to even get to that point. I think like no matter what job you have, you have to look at it like you're an entrepreneur and that you're trading time for money. Because if you start looking at it like I'm here to build up this corporation or I'm here to do this or here to do that and that you're not just there, you know, build the business of you, you're going to you're going to get fucked. Like, you know, there's people that show loyalty to corporations they've been around for 10 years they make a mistake that costs the corporation a little bit too much money and they show you the door with the quickness like all that family and team shit is out the window so i I think like the safest way especially in 2022 because like this shit is getting more vicious 
Um, the best way to like approach what working at race is like, you gotta look at that shit. Like you an independent contractor. Like, look, I'm here just to get my bread and, uh, you know, I'm going to be a good team member. I'm going to provide some value, but I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Like you can't Kool-Aid. You can go to the party, but don't drink the Kool-Aid at the party. I don't even like going to the parties. Hey, Steve, you having this work? No, get the fuck away from me. I'm going back to the crib to get away from you niggas. I don't want to talk to you. Well, no, you got a network. No, no, never. <laughs> yeah, see, that that's that no. junkyard dog talk. <laughs> yeah, no. Because you got to work and you have to, like, I think there's a way to play the game without losing yourself. Or, like, like the same like the same idea of drinking the Kool-Aid, getting lost in the sauce of, you know, the these corporate ideas that might not even be aligned with your morals. Cause when I saw like earlier this year, when they changed the abortion laws and everything, and I saw certain corporations were paying, like they, they said, if you live in a state that didn't offer abortion anymore, we would pay to fly you to abortion. Like that kind of showed me like what these corporations are looking for. Like, you know, that comes off, in a press release like they're being supportive but i kind of take that as we'd rather have you go kill your baby yeah. and so you could get right back to work than us like provide like a daycare program or some other support to help you raise the kid like to me i think like that's that's uh <clears throat> corporations showing what they are at the highest level it's like they're not here for the sake of the employees. They're here for the sake of the bottom line. Yeah, that that's Corey Holcomb style. It's like you just go drive you to the clinic right quick. <laughs> drive you to the clinic, goddammit. And, and that's just why it's like, <laughs> what is that conversation? Like you call your your supervisor, like yo, like you know, I, I let a nigga dump in me a couple weeks ago. I I, I might need a, <laughs> I might that's need some insane. vacation time. <laughs> that's insane. See that? That's why I don't go to the party. You're not gonna do me like Ime Duque, like. Too many gorgeous women at the party. Well, I don't know. I keep hearing different <laughs> shit about Ime because now they're saying he was fucking on the owner's chick or something. Well, so, I told you that before we did that episode. I, well, I must have I must have lost that, like, yeah. in all of the, uh, like, you know, try to defend the black man shit. Yeah, Definitely you can't be it? at the job fucking your boss's wife. Like, that. that's that's not okay. I don't know why you tried to fit him in the first place. I was just trying to get a couple of chuckles out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That man knew what he's doing was wrong. You that he's psychotic. Like <laughs> that's a different type of dude right there. Shout out to him though. Hey, look. <laughs> what, is, what is he like? The Joker? Like he's just he's just at the job creating chaos. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> and what in winning conference championships is like? He got some time today. You know, like we'll watch sixteen hours of film. I'm gonna get myself in the broom closet. <laughs> Shout out to eBay, yo, you different name. <laughs> I, I started to realize the pimp game with that shit, like, we listen to the Iceberg Slim, you know, book, which, if you're going to listen to the audiobook, don't listen to that at work, because I almost got myself in trouble. I'm listening to it. Female supervisor coming up to me, hey, Steve, can you do the... I'm, I, I almost turned the Iceberg Slim, I was like, bitch, to catch myself for, <laughs> to catch myself for a second. But, you know, there's this part where uh, I think one of his hoes are trying to sleep with him or something. He he goes yeah it's like it's like bitch nothing goes over the family like that, that's how I don't like when they hit me with the family shit I, I just automatically I'm like yo don't fucking talk to me about no family shit it's like you try to put me in the whole category fuck that I'm here to get this money no family it's a bunch of weirdos working in the same environment that's all this is 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I understand the game. Like most of these guys, it's like if they could sacrifice you to get extra 50 cents a day check, like that's what they would do, you know, but I, I just try to uh, be as positive as I can and, and, you know, understand that and keep that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, you can't get too close to nobody. That shit sounds like jail. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what you in. How the hell you think I get through the box slide? Like, I always watch my back. What were your thoughts on, on the book, um, you know, in Iceberg Slim in general, Steve? What was it that he, I think Sweet Jones told me, he said a pimp is just a hoe that reversed the game. So it's like, and then you kind of uh, see at the beginning of the book where there's certain things that happen to, you know, Iceberg Slim to have that certain hatred of, you know, women in society around him. Sweet Jones kept telling me, he's like, yo, man, you got to hate the pimp. <laughs> like, he said, you have the hatred in your blood to pimp. But, you know, it, it was the most interesting part was when Sweet was breaking down the pimp game. He talked about, like, uh, the first pimps came from slavery. They saw, like, the black women, they was getting, uh, they were having sex with the white guys for free. So those, you know, former slaves, they came out and they said, hey, you know, if you charge, uh, you know, these white guys that want to sleep with you some some money, we could we could make this money and we could turn it to a business. But when you see certain tactics and you think about like slavery and itself, that institution where it's like the the physical brutality and like the, the fear aspect, it's like those pimps kind of almost took what they saw, applied it to the women, and they kind of recreated that structure for themselves. So I, I that that was kind of like the biggest takeaway, and you know the, that that's the most interesting part about it. Like when you think about what a pimp is providing from a psychological standpoint, because if you have a commodity. What do you really need a pimp for? And then that goes back to like the business aspect of like, damn, I can't leave this. Is I got this, I got that. So, like you said, from the corporate structure, you kind of understand. Like, of course, they're not gonna if you don't do your job, they're not gonna take you in the back and slap the shit out of you or break your jar or nothing. But (laughs) (laughs) it's like the psychological aspect of making people depend on these, you know, corporations not having the the uh, mentality of saying, man, after this, I'm. I'm going to go figure out something out for myself. Well, yeah, I, like, I think that's the biggest part because a lot of people, when something goes left for them on a job, they immediately think, let me find another job, not yeah. let me figure out how to be independent. And it's like, if you if you had a job and you held a job for a significant amount of time, that means you have to have a skill set. You have to have something that is of value that you provide to the world. So you have to figure out, you know, what your gifts are and monetize it. Otherwise, somebody's just going to take advantage. I think survival is the other aspect mm. where when you put people in survival mode, they don't stop to about the ramifications of their actions, whether it's Mark. as drastic as pimping or whether it's as light as like, you know, just going to a job every single day that can advantage of you and is crushing your soul. It's like it's like when you're just in survival mode and you're just thinking about I got to get to the next paycheck and at least at least Saturday is coming and I don't have to come do this shit then, uh, you know, it, it can turn into like this long term thing where, you know, history just repeats from one generation to the next. But at a certain point, I, I would think people are starting to get tired of it. Like, you know, when I talk to, uh, you know, my younger brother and he talks about like, you know, what he would do with his life and some of his friends and shit. I, I don't see that generation getting 
uh, like you know lining up to take jobs at these corporations and shit i i think they're gonna have a problem because there's too much information that these kids have now and they realize like you know the the game is is not set up in their favor so they're about to not play because like after after covid hit and yeah. and the government was giving away all that unemployment money and everything it was hard for corporations to hire people because people were not going back to work when they figured out, yo, I can actually survive just sitting at home, not doing shit, you know, selling pictures of my feet on the internet and shit <laughs> like that. Like, why do I need to go back to the corporation? That was one of the things, uh, like, if you ever read Klaus Schwab's um, COVID-19, The Great Reset, where he was talking, he specifically talked about that, uh, where he said, basically, um, you know, people are going to be upset at, quote unquote, neoliberalism, and they're going to clamor for more uh, big government. So, uh, like, I guess that's his uh, pro- prophetic uh, vision for the future of society. Yeah, for some reason, people want big government, and yeah. I-, I just don't get it. I I want the government to have as little to do with my life as possible because when you really just like think of something like you know how many times you get taxed on one dollar bill, yeah. like from the time you earn it to paying sales tax, paying tax on, you know, whatever, these, like, environmental taxes and shit that they hit you with, like, all these, like, little random taxes that they hit you with on different things. If you fucking uh, give something to a relative, you you have to pay tax on it. Like, shit like that. It's like, like, I don't need any support system. I don't need any programs or anything like that. I just need y'all get your head out of my pocket and, you know, leave... Like make the gun laws uniform across country so that okay. it's not a felony to go from one state to a next with your legal firearm. Outside of that, I'm good. Like, like I, I know how to hustle. Like, I, I'll figure this shit the fuck out. But America's never been uniform. Like, even like that's the reason why, like, you know, the banking system became what because you you couldn't even transfer currencies across a certain state. So I think that's part of the reason why I think that you know. It, it's kind of coming to this point, like all the confusion between the state laws and this, that, and the third, you know. This, this shit sounds like a bad experiment. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly what it has been. America was a bad experiment. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yo, slowly, y'all tried it. Y'all tried yeah. it, but th- this shit is clearly not working anymore. <laughs> They're slowly imploding it, but, you know, like, like you say, you better learn how to hustle. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, at the end of the day, that like that's the only thing that I see because it's like, yeah. you know, you're going to get you're going to get the short end of the stick one way or another in this country. So I might as well just accumulate assets so that, you know, I have some way to survive. Cause like, what else are you going to do out here? You can't re- like, nobody's going to come save you. The government's not going to come save you. These corporate families aren't going to save you and sustain you and your family into the future. So you might as well buckle and like, just, you know, just find whatever your shit is and grind for it and like go after yeah. it. Because you'll be trying to hit, you'll be trying to go in for a fifty cent raise, bitch. No one comes in before the family. Get your ass back, <laughs> your ass back on the box line, stupid. Moving on to Hollywood, more specifically Black Hollywood. Um, I think it's time we have like a referendum on this. Um, I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired of y'all. But this is gonna be a little bit of a one four flat. Like Steve, Steve, just give, give me, give me like a little thirty seconds here. All you other goofball ass niggas at the top of this Hollywood shit, like it's just enough of y'all. 
Like, you know, Will Smith out another slave movie. We don't need any more fucking slave movies. Viola Davis put out her bullshit-ass Woman King movie. Like, you know, glorifying slave-trading tribe in Africa just for the sake of feminism. Like, I'm off that shit. Like, I'm off y'all going on these magazine covers, taking these pictures, posing slaves, and all of this other goofy shit. Like, y'all made all this fucking money, and you gonna continue to just shuck and jive... Um, in public, just to have a couple dollars, like, wh- like, where's your fucking backbone? Like, you can't be proud of this bullshit that you're putting out. Like, as much as they try to put a face and say that they're they're happy to be successful and all, like, you can't be proud of this shit. Like, I would, like, I'm not getting up every day and pretending to be a slave for people's fucking entertainment. Like, how is that entertainment? You know, it's funny. The woman king, it's like. And my little brother even caught that. He's like, he's like, how can you be a woman king? Like, is that some dude that dresses up as a woman? Like, but, it's pure uh, confusion <laughs> culture. Like, like that's yeah. that's all they're doing. It's like, why would you take actual history, like what went on with the Dahomey tribe, and then make up a made a made up story? Like, why would you do that? Like, it, 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 unless your intention is pure confuse, like Will yeah. Smith. You have all of this juice in Hollywood. You can get you can get projects greenlit. Why are you choosing to make slave movies, bro? The Nat Turner story I thought was real potent. And it was a great movie. That yeah, that was the last one worth watching because like that that was yeah. the only one. The only one showed slavery like without like the whole white savior complex that like you know we needed white people to be generous enough to let you out of slavery you need this the one white man and slave to come save you off the plantation or you know the white people that they made up in the harriet tubman story that helped her and all of that shit it's like they like it's it's obvious that they're programming they want to program you to to be a victim in your head and that to only think of your history through the lens of oppression and slavery and all of that type of shit and I'm I'm just off of it like and and people ask me you know oh you didn't watch power you don't watch this you don't watch that and I'm like I'm tired of every time you see somebody that looks like me on TV they're a fucking slave or they're selling crack or they're fucking no, rapping they're yeah, or they're a pimp, or they're doing something yeah. ridiculous. But white people can do a movie about the lady that invented a mop, and that like that's a real movie. Well, Jennifer Lawrence has a movie called like Glow or some shit about a lady that made a mop. Like I'm, I'm sick of you giving like every movie a black person's in. It's gotta be about bullshit. Like that's not entertainment. Yeah. So like oh, over the pandemic in 2020. Um, Samuel Jackson, Anthony Mackie had a movie called The Banker about the first black bankers in the in the U.S. Um, you know, make more movies like that. When when Nick Cannon a uh, couple years ago was getting very vocal on the on this type of stuff and said that he wanted to make movies about the Moors and movies about Kemet and all of that and like you know show black history from its proper lens in ancient times. They found a way to blackball him with quickness. And then they made him apologize after they deplatformed him and all of that shit. And then put him back in this position. Same thing they did to Nate Park when he made the Nat Turner movie. He made that movie independently. They immediately came up with some bullshit from his past to try to derail it. So it's like we know that this shit is... It's, uh, you know, your career is on the line 
when you decide you want to tell true stories about black folks. But at the same time, you know, Will Smith and Viola and all that, if you're not going to risk your career to make, you know, some true history or like to really show people some information that they've never seen before, just don't make the slave shit. You like, you like go do the equalizer seven or whatever the fuck, like go, go make another Hancock or some shit. Like be, do what the rock does. Be racially ambiguous. Like just, just act like you're the every man and don't offend anybody. If, if, if that's like, I'd rather you do that. Like just be purely corporate. Like, don't don't hit me with the fake woke bullshit that reinforces um, inferiority. Like, uh, we way too late in the game for that. Will Smith is still having trouble keeping his wife's name out people's motherfucking mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> you gonna you gonna tell you gonna try to give this man career advice? Like, he can't even. He, you know, he can't choose the roles that he want to be in if he can't even do that. And you know what the funny thing is? Will Smith turned down Django. Yeah. Because he said he didn't like the ending of the script where um, the Django character didn't get to get revenge on the Leonardo DiCaprio character. He wanted to do it his way. Tarantino didn't want to change the script. So Will Smith didn't do that movie. And like, so now he's doing the, this movie. And it's like, like, damn, bro, like you want to be a slave? Why you want to be a slave so bad? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm starting to think... Not, not even starting to think. You, you realize it that you have to make certain movies when you're a black person in Hollywood. Like you're only allowed to make certain shit. It's you could play slave, you can play nigga, you can yeah, play, um, you know the the my black friend. Like the, the, you're they're they're always okay with the my black friend. Like you know the harmless black friend, or you can play um, a tragic black figure from history that got killed. Like you, you're allowed to do that shit too, as long as you make sure that that you show white people helping them all the time. Like, they'll let you be a cop. Like, oh I mean, yeah, and a cop. They 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 love let you be a cop too. Yeah. Shut the ice tea. Well, I, I I always say like with a lot of like the black actors that had decent careers, like we'll never know how good they really were because most of them never got an opportunity to play a role that was decent. It's yeah. like. When I saw Nia Long in the Roxanne Shante movie, like where she played the, you know, the mean mother in that movie, I was like, damn, Nia Long is actually a good actor. Like she's not just a pretty face, but it's like she she never really gets to be anything but the, uh, you know, the the beautiful love interest. Like you never get to see her do anything that's worthwhile. And like they've talked about that, how in Hollywood, I don't know, like Gabrielle Union has spoke on that where she's wanted to audition for certain movies and they wouldn't let her audition. And she's like, well, you didn't say that the character had a race. So why can't I audition? And they're like, you're not the right type. So I I don't know what the answer is for you. Hollywood niggas. Like speaking of that, they really should just make, you know, all of those like gladiator 300 and all that. They should just put black people in it. How much better would that be? If you had some girl niggas in it. That would be more accurate to world history. That would be. Like, that was just. Fuck. I was just thinking that. <laughs> like, like fuck. Like, like, like. If people actually understood world history and how yeah. Europe was civil was civilized and all of that, like, it wouldn't be out of the realm to put black people in those movies because the black yeah. people are supposed to be in those movies. Like, fucking Egyptians are not white. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, stop telling people that. Like. Yeah. 
Do you imagine a real nigga saying that? Are you not entertained? Like that shit just make it t- yeah, twenty they, they, times they, better. They can't put that on TV. They can't put that on TV. <laughs> that, that that would be too much. Fucking confu- you confusing the children. <laughs> uh, coming back from last week, we talked about there not really being any old heads left. Um, this- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, publicly chastised Kyrie Irving for something he posted on social media. It was like an old post from Alex Jones. Um, and Ky- and Kareem asked for Kyrie to be uh, demonetized. Let me read what Kareem said. Kareem said, Kyrie Irving's thought process is an example of what happens when the education system fails. He, this shit is started off like a diss track. Um, he said, Irving does not seem to have the capacity to change, but we have the capacity to keep fighting against his brand of destructive behavior. So he he went on from there to say that people should write into Kyrie's sponsors and uh, um, you know drop him from his sponsorship positions and and things like that. And I, I wanted to look at this from two directors because like Kareem being who he is in the culture, like you know. You know, he changed his name in, in, you know, the 60s and 70s. He was into the civil rights and standing up for um, black athletes and and all of that. So to see him like as an older guy, some other guys like in that elder position that they're using their platform to like chastise these guys publicly when you know they have the access to, you know, talk to Kyrie directly if they want to. I think... I think that should be more of the role of an elder. It's like, like, yeah, do, do you need to call people on their bullshit? Sure. Like, does it need to happen publicly sometimes? That's true. But when you start publicly asking for um, people to not make money, I think you just come off as a crab. Like, I think that's taking it beyond saying, oh, this guy is saying something that I don't like or something that is damaging or he's being irresponsible with what he posts. Like when you start saying affect this man's livelihood, it's like, how are you any better than, um, you know, what they did to Colin Kaepernick? Like when they, you know, they proved it in court that there was collusion to get out of the paint for the stuff that he was saying, like with his whole kneeling thing. Like, I think you're just, you're just perpetuating that the behavior that you're trying to fight against when you start asking people to um, demonetize somebody for what they say. And th- that goes to, you know, freedom of speech is like so fragile in 2022 now. Um, and, you know, I'm not pro or anti what Kyrie posted. I, I really don't give a fuck about what he posts. I just think like, you know, if he posted something and Instagram didn't take it down or Twitter didn't take it down, uh, like, because it's, if it's not against their, uh, protocols, who are you to say that he, what he's not allowed to say? Like you, you kind of got to fall back in, in my opinion. If, uh, if the platform isn't saying that he can't post it on their platform, you got to fall back and just say people, people should follow who they want to follow. If people want to follow Kyrie, let them follow him. I just think it's hypocritical. Like from what Kareem went through in his time period, like you said, coming through the civil rights you know, movement joining in the, the Showtime show where they kind of showed him kind of getting attacked when he changed his name and different things like that. So to try to attack Kyrie in a similar way, to try to insult this man's intelligence because he has an opinion, to me it seems hypocritical, especially from where you where you came from, 
you know, you call this guy a dumb jock and all this other type of stuff. It's like, like you said, like, why not pull this brother to the side? And then, you know, if you feel like you need to adjust it publicly, do that. But <clears throat> to name him and to try to, uh, you know, try to attack him because he has a, a difference of opinion than you are. Like, it, it, it's insane, especially when you look at people like him and Jim Brown. Like, they were dipping into Hollywood and different things. So, like, it, it's it, it's very hypocritical to be with these guys. And to me, I think they have certain skeletons in the closet. And maybe they probably should just fall back and zip it up for some of these young players get obsessed, try to start exposing these guys. Well, I, I I think, like, you know, this goes back to, we talked about a few weeks back with Judge Mathis, um, just want to sit there and criticize the younger generations. And Kareem ha- has a little bit of a track record with this. Like, earlier this week, somebody asked LeBron um, this about the upcoming basketball season. LeBron, would you having a chance to get the all-time scoring record this year? Do you have any thoughts on... Kareem, and also if you have a relationship with no, no thoughts. No relationship. And, like, you know, for for LeBron to be in that position about to break the all-time score record and all of that, you would, they normally, when shit like this happens, you bring the old guy, you put him next to the young guy breaking the record, and they shake hands, and it's like, you know, passing the torch and all that shit. But it's not like that, because Kareem be out here just, um you know, insulting people's character <laughs> in public. Like, like during the COVID shit, he said um, he didn't appreciate LeBron's hesitancy to get vaccinated. Um, he said some of the things he's done are beneath him, as I can see, and he should be embarrassed. He said LeBron is just praying wrong and could be dead, and, and him being wrong could be deadly, especially for the black community. On these sensitive topics, with it, it, all of you guys have these platforms and this voice. If you think the voice isn't being used properly and you're you're the elder, you should address it from an elderly position. Don't just jump out here criticizing people like that. That was the Bill Cosby road. You know, yeah. Bill Cosby was shitting on everybody, and then you found out he was raping bitches. So it's like, <laughs> it's like you guys got it. Like, yeah. you know, you can't throw stones because everybody is doing something that somebody doesn't like. So, and 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 Kareem knows that he's a he's an old man. Like he you you've lived long enough to know that. So I, I I don't get why these guys continue to do that, and then they wonder why they don't get any fucking respect. It's like you don't show anybody any any respect. So, so it's like, if you don't respect the youth, just don't speak on us and we won't speak on y'all. Like, like, like that's, that's where I'm at with it. I think it's just an over-righteousness and, you know, it's kind of almost touching in the, uh, almost like a, a dogma way of thinking about like how things are supposed to be when, you know, there's a certain tact that you should address anybody, especially going through certain similar things where times were adjusting and times were changing. You should be able to tap into you know, like you said, by you being an elder, you should be able to pull somebody aside and tap into like, hey, I need this, that, and the third, but this is the way to go. But I think some of these niggas, let's be honest, I don't think they know where to go. So I think that's where it comes down to. But see, when you don't know where to go, you're supposed to build. And like, you're supposed to sit down with somebody else and say like, hey, I don't know which way to go, but I, I know this much. Let's see what you like. I know I just came from that way. and That's not the right direction. Like, which way did you come from? All right, well, yeah, let's go figure out how we can go this way together. Maybe we can figure something out. But if we keep saying, 
I'm on this side, you're on that side, and if we both don't agree 100%, we're never going to fucking get anywhere. That's why they're still making slave movies. It's yep. like like all like all of this shit ties <laughs> in. It's it's like the the whole the whole culture needs to like a step back from itself and look and just see how toxic this shit is. It's like you're not helping anybody by saying that stuff, Kareem. Like and maybe Kyrie's not helping anybody by saying what he's saying, but until people want to sit down and actually have a conversation like civilized adults and not just like throw insults on the internet like children, like come on, bro, like no, that that's that's not it. That's not it. You 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 always crack me up. It's like y'all always want to shit on somebody, but don't, don't never offer any solutions. It's like no. well, what was the solution? That that's all I wanted to. That's what I want to hear from Kareem next. It's like all right. Like Kyrie's wrong, we get Kyrie out the paint. What's the solution once Kyrie's out the paint? Because because you've been here for however many years, and we still got the same problems. So what what's the solution besides Kareem telling somebody either, to shut up and don't get any money? Kareem was either bored or like he might be getting a, a lick from saying that stuff. But it might be like what you said about Trey Songz. Like, was it time to go home and be a grandpa or something like? <laughs> You give Kareem some advice like that, like, like go home and take care of your wife or something. Like, go do that <laughs> shit. Like, you you broke the scoring record. Like, shut the fuck up and get in the box, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's what you can go do. That's, that's what you can go do. Um, so let, let's move on. Um, you know, and speaking with you know different generations and how they communicate and engage with one another. Um, that led me to some animal behavior for this week uh, that I think we need to discuss this because me and Steve had a spirited debate about this off off mic. So without further ado, my favorite part of the podcast, animal behavior. Wow, like a zoo. Just a fucking animal. Bark like a dog. Come on. We ain't nothing but mammals. What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? Bring out the animal. So, speak for animal behavior, we go to Charleston White. And uh, Charleston White, you know, he's always in the news for saying outlandish shit. But um, this week, he was talking about how young of a woman he would date. Because, you know, Charleston, is a, he's an older man. And uh, this is what he had to say. 43, right? I'm 44. Nigga, who wouldn't want a fresh little old young motherfucker fresh off the chopping block? Nigga, didn't they take LeBron James fresh out of high school and draft him to the pool? Fuck you talking about then, nigga. Hell, you ain't nothing wrong with a nigga getting... I wouldn't give a damn if an 81-year-old nigga got him an 18-year-old bitch. Nigga, she grown. Nigga, let me raise her and groom her and do with my little bitch what I want to do with my little bitch, nigga. 43, right? So, um, the, the, the animal aspect to me, in my opinion, there's no judgment. I just think, but it's like, that's purely animal behavior. Cause you can't do nothing with that chick, but fuck her. You can't have a hold a conversation with her. You're not gonna, um, you know, she's not going to be able to take care of you in the right way or anything. Cause she hasn't lived enough life. So you can't build anything with her. Like to me, that's the definition of animal behavior. It's like, yeah, let me find the youngest the legal thing I could find and stick my dick in it. Like, if animal behavior, I don't know what is. 
I, I didn't think he exactly said that. He said, let me get my young chick so I can raise it. It's like if you're a computer programmer, you would much rather have a, a program that uh, doesn't as empty than you got to reprogram something with a program on it already. So <laughs> what he said, <laughs> so Charles Wright is clearly a computer programmer. Like, I don't understand why you have a problem with this man. Like he said, let me get a young chick with like no program down. I'm going to download my program. And we're going to grow together. Like, what's the what's the problem with that? You're making this guy seem like it's like, oh, I'm just going to use this. He didn't say he's going to use her for some fresh pussy. He said, I'm going to raise it. Like, why is that a problem? <laughs> Yo, like, you with your fucking philosophy. <laughs> say, she's going to raise it. That's what he said. He said, let me, let me raise it. That's what he told you. Why you insult that man like that? When you say teenage, how are we talking? <laughs> Girls who are teenagers, 19, 19 and younger. I have some 19-year-old friends, but I don't like anybody illegal if that's what we're talking about, underage. Uh-huh. Like, it might not be illegal, but it's inappropriate. <laughs> like, like that, that's a yeah, weird but... fucking conversation. You talk about a nigga that was doing stuff with children. He sounded shit when he asked that when you say when you say when you say teenage, he sounded like he was hooked up to like the liar detector machine or something. That man said legal. That's what he said. As Trump would say, legal, legal. He <laughs> 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 said legal, man. Leave that man alone. <laughs> All right, you wait. Yeah, man, let him raise his year old man. Why you bother? You don't got to raise him. Get you, get you some old bag of bones, and she can raise you. Like, <laughs> that man raises eighteen-year-olds, man. What's your problem? Yeah, and, and, and like, I don't want to sound like like I'm anti like getting a younger woman because I definitely think that you know I'm in my thirties now and I, I don't have a family or a wife or any of that. I probably might be looking for something a little bit younger to you know start buying. I'm just saying I ain't like eighteen. Nah, like, what the f- I can't do nothing with an 18-year-old. Like, my little brother's 19. I tried to raise that nigga. You can't, you can't tell these little niggas shit. You would try to tell a 19-year-old something, like, it's hot girl summer. She not she not going to listen to you. That's a fantasy he's selling. Talk about, yeah, I'm a raiser and groomer and download my program. You you see, that that's you listening to that pip book, thinking that this shit too easy. These noobs not going to cooperate with your old ass. They're going to fucking be, they're gonna be right in your bank account. Yeah, it's gonna be the same thing with women your age. What did the what did the young man say? It's that bad out here. Like you think you go? I've I've talked to you know twenty eight twenty. It's all the same shit. Like my man just said, look, I want a chick with low mileage. That's all I got from that. But you go, you go. It's the the American program is the American program. Like you think you gonna get a chick your age and she's gonna listen to you? Like delusional. She, no, she, no, she, I, I'm I'm not being deluded. That, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That, that, that's what I'm saying. But like for him to say, like you you yeah. said that whole thing about grooming and downloading that's the what program. He said, yeah. I, I think you're being delusional. You think you're going to just so. be able to put this chick on the program just because she's young? I'm I'm analyzing what that what that young man said, and that's what I took from it. You know, like like when I listen to certain rap bars, I I sit back and I lock in. I'm like, what what's what's the what's the intent behind it? What's the subconscious meaning? And like that's before years old. Like he got enough life experience to say, look, you could take this direction or you could take that direction. This direction is gonna be productive and positive. This direction is gonna be non productive and negative. And if that eighteen year old female decides to get down with that, then 
Well, get down with that or not. I, that's how I, I took it from it. Like, I don't think it's that you make it seem like it's like life or death. Like, I need this 18 year old to listen to my program. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, he just let you know, look, look, yo, my little 18 year old, and we gonna do what we do and mind your business. I don't see how that's an animal at all. That's the opposite of animal. He's being a smart man. It's very strategic. <laughs> you want an apology to that man. You, you, him, man you, you know what? You know what? I, I I ain't gonna go back and forth with you on that. You like, can't. Like yeah, can't. no, it's it's fine. It's like teach their own. Like he said, it's legal. Yeah, um, yeah you you know it and I know it. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> Another debate that I won. I, you know, I'll give you this one. That, that's fine. That's fine. You have to. My logic is too thorough. Yeah, you like I, I, I'm it. winning the war. Like I, I don't have to win every battle. Like you know, stop it. Let's I, I, I'll let you take out an infantry unit every now and then. Get, uh, give you a little hope. That's all right. Hey, hey what? Uh, what? Um, what my man uh, Roddy say, bro? I was two and zero. Two, two, how you two and oh? It's, it's, it's episode 13. Like, I've been winning debates the whole time. Like, you, you on a little streak, nigga? Like, it's all right. I just, I just I'm, like to quote I'm, my I'm little. I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be back. Like, I like to quote my little rap bars from time to time. I'm gonna shake that shit off. Don't, don't let that worry you. But um, let's move on. Um, you know, for this week, we wanted to talk about new music. Uh, the Migos. Well, not this new version of the Migos. Um, Unk and Few. Which is Quavo and Takeoff. I guess they're going by Unk and Few. Um, but it also says on the streamer service it's just Quavo plus Takeoff. So I don't know if this is officially a group. But it's a project called Only Built for Infinity Links. Um, you know, I threw that on because I, I wanted to see what they, you know, what they were going to talk about and all that. And wh- why they were making a project without... Um, you know, offset, especially after that, what was that, Culture 4? Yeah, so that that was Culture 3 that they dropped last year, um, and that shit definitely flopped, so I guess they went back to the drawing board and somehow came to the conclusion that um, Quavo and Takeoff were going to do their own thing, and I'm, I'm assuming we're waiting on some solo music from Offset. Um, I thought the project was fine. I think these guys have been making music long enough where they know how to some shit that you can drive to, clean the crib to, you know, just play in the background. It's not really going to disturb nothing too much. They know how to pick the right samples. Like, you know, they, they do that well. And they know how to rap, like, and, and make hooks and song structure and all that. Like, they're not reinventing the wheel on here at all, but I thought it was fine. Like, like for, for what it is, I don't know if this is, like, the new resurgence to their career. Like, there's definitely not a bad and bougie on here um, or anything like that. But uh, it's fine. I like, I think they'll, they'll be able to get some sort of rotation and spins out of this shit. I, I don't know what else they were trying to get with it, but it, it's fine. It's It'll do. And I find QC interesting because... Like, a lot of the album sounds in regards to, like, beats and stuff like that. Like, you know, they kind of locked in with, you know, what's the Buddha bless this beat and DJ Durrell and all that. So, you know, it, that's the kind of thing I think where, like, a lot of old guys have an issue with this generation of rap where, like, a lot of the shit does sound very similar. Especially, you know, some of the guys kind of use similar flows and then, you know, they're remaking old rap songs. So... You know, it is is definitely interesting. But like you said, you know, there's some there's a couple of joints on here, like um Thug and Gunna uh Chocolate, whatever that, that stuff's called. 
And then uh, I like the other joint, the the, the couple of uh, flips that they did, the outcast flip and then the, uh, the intro. So, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a cool vibe. Like, it's just it's okay, nothing that's going to reinvent the wheel. And this album is called Only Built for Infinity Links, which is a nod to the purple tape with uh, Raekwon and Ghostface. So where is the line between paying homage and not being original? Because I do like these songs that they're flipping and shit like that. But I also think like the Migos biggest shit was Bad and Bougie, T-Shirt, uh, Versi or all original shit. Like maybe they need to get back to that because this stuff kind of sounds like you're a little bit on autopilot. Like even though like that outcast flip is cool, it's like, is the degree of difficulty lower making that song than figuring out how to make another bad and bougie? Because that's what made you guys at this level like making those original songs like when you came out those flows that you know had them on t- like f- like good better and different nobody else sounded like that when y'all came out now if 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 niggas took your style and ran with it you know that's what happens in the rap game so it's like maybe you need to chef up and sell at this point and and like like that's going to be the the uh recipe for this shit because like digging into the crates and doing more remixes and all that type of shit. Like it might be, you know, good enough music to listen to, but this shit isn't groundbreaking. And I, I do wonder uh, how different creatively would have would have sounded with Offset. You know, I understand Offset wants to go solo. He's probably the most competent to go solo. But I always feel a group like Migos is like what what they table is better. What's the old slogan? Um, better collectively than the sum of their parts or, or something like that. The so whole is it, better than the sum of its parts. I think that applies to this specific group. So maybe that's what it is. It's like kind of, now you're trying to find a, a whole specific pocket in a whole nother style without that one person. So, you know, maybe it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, that that uh, writer's block, scattered brain, like, what do we do here? How do we take this from a concept, concept standpoint? Are we making? So you might have saw a little bit of that. And then maybe it'll grow through uh this you know unkin few album and then the next one will be something else but i definitely agree with you on like you know the, the old school it's like unless you're gonna do something with it and try to take it and you know what what is the purpose of the homage you know what i mean like, yeah, I, like I don't at, know honestly at this, at this point it's starting to seem like you niggas just don't have ideas like because <laughs> at, at, at one like you know when you do it once cool when you do it twice all right it's like now, bro, like it's the, the cover art on the album, the name of the album, the first track on the album. It's like, where is the meat? Where yeah. is the new, like whatever Versace was in 2013, where's the 22, 2022 version of that? Like, and if you don't have it, I understand because, you know. I, I think with this rap shit, it's like being a running back. You probably have one or two good seasons. But um, I, I would just like to see them at least try that, like tr- try to do something, you know, innovative again, because you, you never know. Like you try something innovative, it, it might work. Like like think Ken- that- Kendrick made that shit work for, for four out of five albums. And that, that running back example, I think, is the best example that I've ever heard, because every now and then you'll get a. Uh, Emmett Smith, like a Drake or a Jay Z, for the most part, 
you know, you, <laughs> you got up to your 30 and then it's like, oh man, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think you're you're gonna get way more Sean Alexanders. You know, you have that one or two amazing seasons, and then it's like that's it. That's what you yeah. had, and you like you know Adrian Peterson. That's rare. You get that right. once a generation. Like, and I think these guys like they were just really popular, and but they weren't ever you know generational. At least they're 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 not proving that to this point, in my opinion. It was interesting, too, because when you look at, like, we talk about the, the 2010 to 2014 era, like, that being, like, the last spitter era, like, that, you know, you saw the Migos and, you know, Young Thug and all those type of guys come up at, right after that. So I think we're kind of seeing, like, the transition to hip-hop and, you know, whether, I think they're a good t- uh, test cases to whether that style of what they're doing has longevity. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the ne- what the what this next phase is gonna be for for those guys because like when that culture three came out and nobody gave a fuck, I knew <laughs> I knew they was gonna have to go back to the drawing board and 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 when they went solo like in between, I think that was in between culture two and culture three, and they all dropped <laughs> solo albums like and the Quavo shit didn't work, the Takeoff shit didn't work, you know. Offset was the only one that came out looking like he could carry a solo career. So, I don't know. Maybe Quavo should just focus on being a hook man or some shit. Like, be the new Nate dog. Like, <laughs> like we always need that. In fairness to Culture 3, though, like, they kind of dropped that shit when the world shut down. So, you know, how can you get club play and all that type of shit that what they do is like is going to be different. So... I mean, it would have been interesting I mean, if they, if they would have dropped now. That, 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 didn't, that didn't stop Lil Baby. Uh, Lil, Lil, Lil Baby. And, Lil, and Lil Baby's on the same label as them niggas. Over there lapping them niggas. I don't even like Lil yeah. Baby's music. But you got a little bit of a pen, though. You got a little bit of a pen. He, well, yeah, he, was, he was on, like, some shit from that Future album came on. Some shit where he That's was like, you just, you just like me. I was like, I like this shit. This, this shit yeah. looks hard. Like he had a he had a lot on the Young Thug album that I just I don't know what it means I don't know why I like it but he said real dope boys know how to use a cash app I just I just like that line he just says a little slick shit like that I'm just like yeah that's that's some player shit right there like like that's something that you say when you when you've lived it like you can only say that if you've lived it like that's right, the truth right. it's like he didn't make, he didn't read that in a book he didn't scroll through the timeline to no. f- to find that quote. That shit just yeah that yeah that's my experience. Real dope boys don't use cash app. Yeah, real, real dope boys don't know how to use a cash app. So shout <laughs> to little baby. That's what I'm saying. Like he got a little bit of a pin, man. So um, to wrap up this week, um, you know we, we we've been we've been hard on the old heads the last couple weeks, but I wanted to end the podcast on old head that gave out some good wisdom, and uh, this was TK Kirkland talking about. Um, life insurance. Oh, I want to come up. Hold on. Many families would have been set said, yeah, when I was at my height, when I was active, when I was doing drive-bys, I made sure my life insurance was great. No one's ever said that. You know what I mean. You understand what could have happened? 
You know how many families would have been set? Yeah. See, people, some people don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the wrong part. And you part. talked I, about some people. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, find, uh, I'll find it later and edit it in. Um, but, like, the, the whole idea of him talking there saying that death should be a come up and it should be tragedy. Um, and we, we've seen this play out, like, you know, in the media when, um, you know, people of stature die that might not have left a will or anything like that. And then, you know, you see it all the time. You know, people die and you have to do a, a cookout or a GoFundMe or something to put somebody in the ground. Um, what do you think it's people are still just too uncomfortable to talk about death to like really just plan for it the right way? Or what's what's your idea on or your explanation for why people still aren't preparing for this shit? Because like he's saying, if everybody just got life insurance and you know, really plan for that next generation of their family to actually have some bread, you know, it would it would only take like 30 years for the economic situation to change for a lot of people. Yeah, niggas just come from slavery. Like you said, it goes back to the survivable mentality. Especially 22, a, a bro. Come on. Come on. I don't want to <laughs> hear that sleep. Like, and I'm not even that guy that wants like I like don't I'm not in the Kanye category or none of that shit. I'm not, but we can't keep saying that slavery is the reason why we can't get our shit together. Uh, who's who's we? I'm not. I'm just. You asked me a question. I'm trying to analyze it. it, my, it. My, my I could. Fault. I should have cut I, you I, off. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I could tell you. Yeah, niggas is dumb as shit. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, like you asked me the logic behind it, and I said survivable. Especially when you talk about like uh, a dude that's doing drive-bys, uh, uh, like a, a thug or whatever. That's a gangster. You think he's thinking about two, three generations? Like, no, he's thinking about the ops and getting rid of the ops and, and conquering whatever. It was the San Andreas. It's like, he, he trying to run up on the ballers. Like, you go ask the guy, hey, Mr. Grove Street Gangster, maybe you should invest in yourself. Oh, I'm going to go kill these baller niggas. Like, you go, you ride with me or, or not, or go back to the crib. Like, you're not thinking about no damn life insurance. Well, then, in, in, in that case, then, I don't know what we can say. Old heads don't work, because, like, if, <laughs> if if one of them gives you good advice, you tell them, fuck out of here, old head. And then, <laughs> and then you get Kareem and them, and we telling them to shut up, because, th- th- you know, they're, they're just shitting on us and not giving us solutions. So what's the answer then, Steve? I don't, I, like I said, I, I think the the life insurance thing is is good, especially like you said, if you if you in the street, you live your life like that, you're reckless. You know why not do that? So I don't know. I don't I don't have the answer to sway. Like what you want to be? Like? But, <laughs> I got, well, I got you nothing know, you, you always seem to like pull out this this random quote, or you pull these explanations and shit out of out of your hat. So I I thought you would you would be able to figure out like you know. What is this crisis with wealth building yeah. in the community? Yeah, no, I just I think um, it's just a lack of financial literacy and like you know a lot of niggas on the baby boy syndrome. Like, don't want to put the video game down and go down to the box line. Like, think that's it. Is that- um. That's all I got for you for now. Like, I might have a little something for you uh, next week or the week after. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know what you know what. Sometimes the simplest answer is yeah. so. I'll take yes for an answer here, and won the podcast on a on a good note. Yeah, I think it's like what the white boys say. I blew my load. Like, it's only so much. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, so much... yeah, the podcast is definitely over now. <laughs> There's only so much thorough shit I could come up with in, in about two hours. So, every you know, I, I usually have the answers, but like you know, right now I got nothing for you. That's the best thing I can say for you. All right. Well, on that note, we're we're gonna end the podcast there. We want to thank you for listening. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're dropping new episodes every week, every Thursday. And we'll be back next week for our all-new episode. This has been The Last Men Potting.